You're listening to the voice of the future, fighting for America every day. This is the conservative crusader. And here's your host, GOP Josh. Hello and welcome to the conservative crusader. My name is GOP Josh. Thank you for tuning in to our 94th episode. I'm counting down to 100. I don't know what we're going to do for 100 yet. If you have some some suggestions, email me, josh at gopjosh.com. Tell me, what do we do for the 100th episode of The Conservative Crusader? This podcast has been going on since January of 2020. It started weekly, then became daily, then became intermittently whenever I'd make an episode, and then it became daily again. I gotta know, for making it to 100, what do we do for 100? Let me know in my email box or on the messages page on my anchor, anchor.fm slash The Conservative Crusader. So Biden isn't running the country, right? We know that. It's been pretty blatantly obvious at this point. But Jill Biden, the first lady, not Joe Biden, Joe Biden, not not Joe Biden's wife, or I'm sorry, not not Joe Biden's husband, or Joe Biden's husband either, but but Jill Biden, the the, the White House first lady, Dr. Jill Biden, who has a doctorate in education or something stupid, well, education isn't stupid, but you know what I'm saying. She, she's not a doctor. She is in Ukraine. Or she was in Ukraine yesterday, at least. Uh, Biden entered the country from uh, Slovakia on Mon- Mother's Day and met Ukraine's first lady, Olena uh, Zelenska, who has not appeared in public since the Russian invasion began on February 24th. I wanted to come on Mother's Day, Biden said before the start of the closed-door meeting between the two first ladies. I thought it was important to show the Ukrainian people that this war had to stop and the war has been brutal and that the people of the United States stand with the people of Ukraine. So the, the, the first lady, Jill Biden, will go to, the, go to Ukraine, will, will go to this active war zone, but the president has yet to appear. Uh, Nancy Pelosi went. Jill Biden has went. Has, has Kamala Harris went? I can't remember. But I know that they, they have, right? Biden, Joe Biden, the president of the free world, the leader of the free world, whether it was a free and fair election or not, has yet to go to Ukraine. If Ukraine is this great ally, if Ukraine is the, 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 the best ally the United States has ever had in the history of, of the world, and we need to stand up for them, we need to give all our taxpayer dollars so they can protect themselves, right? That's, that's what they're saying. We need to send our troops where they're going to do this and that. That's what they're saying. If this is true, why won't the president of the United States step foot in their country and see what's actually going on firsthand and actually have a meeting with Zelensky firsthand? Well, why would you have the puppet do that? Why would you have the person not actually leading the country do that? And this is confirmed from my, some of my suspicions that Biden is just a puppet. He's just a, a weekend at Bernie's style puppet to do whatever the radical left and the, and, and the party in control wants to do, right? And Jill Biden just wanted to be first lady. She's, I think she's aspired for it since she met Joe Biden. But she was so, so desperate to become first lady that, that she put her husband her obviously senile husband who should be in re- in a retirement home just relaxing enjoying his chocolate chocolate chip put his integrity put the nation's integrity on the line 
so she could be her, so she could fulfill her dreams of being the first lady. I believe she's running the country. I don't believe it's Obama. I mean, I believe he has some impact. I believe he's a close ally of of the the Bidens, but I believe it's it's Joe Biden and it's Kamala Harris. Let's see here if it if it mentions it in this Washington Post article. I actually I'm subscribed to the Washington Post now. I have to see what one side says, and then I read Breitbart and other free, free and fair press uh, papers for the conservative side. Uh, each morning, she recounted during an earlier fundraiser, she turns on the television praying that Ukrainian President Zelensky is still alive. Uh, this is, which one is this? This is, okay, this is uh, Joe Biden. She watches TV praying he's still alive. Each night, the sleeping is not easy. The phone just never stops reason, re, never stops ringing all through the night, she said, and Joe is up trying to help solve this crisis. Do I have a, do I have a laughter button? <laughs> Biden, mister, takes a nap in the middle of a NATO meeting and whatever the meeting was, is awake during the night trying to figure out a humanitarian uh, crisis. We just don't know, she said, and we're all holding our breath, something, that something, some answer will come that we won't get into this world war. It's unbelievable to think that could happen in our lifetime, not with leadership and power. It's not unbelievable. I was expecting it since day one. But this just shows, and I don't want to spend a lot of time on this, but it shows that Jill Biden and the the non-Joes, the non-average Joes, are not who's leading the country, or, or who is leading the country. Joe is not. Right, Joe Biden could could be going to this meeting himself, could be going to Ukraine himself. He has the resources, he, he has the ability. But he's traveling around propping up his job numbers where there's still a million jobs that have not recovered from COVID. Go to Ukraine, Biden. If it's that important, if it's safe enough to send your wife over there, go to Ukraine. You've been to Europe. It'd be a great first trip for your for your new first uh, you're not first lady your new press secretary coming. It'd be a great first trip, right? Do it. Shouldn't be that hard, right? We'll see if that happens. And I imagine that before all this is over, because I, I feel like it's all planned out. They know when it's going to end. I feel like before this is all over, Biden will go there when it's safe and it's a lot more safe than just when his wife is going over there. I don't, I don't know why he'd send his wife to that war zone. Not a great man. He might go over there, but he's not leading the country. Like, like you, you can't tell me that the first lady is going without the the president getting valuable intel or whatever, whatever she's doing over there besides offering emotional support to their first lady. I don't buy it. I don't buy that Biden's buying the country. Biden's running the country. I never have. But, you know, it's it's a joke. Sending your wife to that war zone is just, just wrong. What else is wrong is trying to get someone because you disagree with them kicked off the ballot. Marjorie Taylor Greene will be running for re-election and can run for re-election, according to a judge in Georgia. A judge in Georgia ruled Friday that Marjorie Taylor Greene can run for re-election after a group of voters challenged the congresswoman's eligibility because of allegations that she participated in the January 6th insurrection at the U.S. Capitol after the 2020 presidential election. 
State administrative law, uh, state administrative law judge, uh, Carl or Charles uh, Bodrot submitted his findings to the Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger, who accepted them and said Green's name will remain on the ballot. Let's see here. What what party is this guy in? Yeah, I've never heard of him before. Let's see if I can find that. Because like the judge in the um, what was what was his name in the Kyle Rittenhouse? I'm sorry, that judge was a Democrat. This doesn't say the party he's a member of or what his political findings are or his political, um, what's the word, leanings are. A judge, uh, Bodrat, issued his initial decision on May 6, 2022, finding that challengers have failed to prove their case by a preponderance of the evidence and that respondent is qualified to be a candidate for representative for Georgia's 14th. Judge uh, Bodrat's initial decision and findings of facts and conclusions of law are hereby adopted, Raffensberger said in his decision. A group of Georgia voters launched a legal effort to disqualify Green from running for re-election because of her alleged role in the January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol. Uh, Green has been frequently accused of using language to incite the violence of the Capitol, uh, including references, efforts to challenge the results as our 1776 moment. That, w- that was the best part of the trial, as they said, our 1776 moment. She said that that inside of the insurrection, 1776 is a, is a is a time period used to incite insurrection. And Marjorie Taylor Greene said, um, opponent counselor, or whatever his name is, uh, 1776 is, is right above the judge's head on that seal. Is that seal inciting insurrection? <laughs> is that seal inciting insurrection because it says 1776, the year that our nation was founded? I'm glad that Marjorie Taylor Greene's going to be on the ballot. She's not perfect, right? No, no, no. No politician is perfect, right? But she has to be one of the best politicians in the country right now. One of the best representatives, standing up for actually for for what's right. I mean, she was banned on Twitter, and Twitter has yet to unban her. I mean, just standing up for what's right is what Marjorie Taylor Greene's doing, and I applaud her for that. And I, 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 I mean, you you can't say. That Marjorie Taylor Greene is a bad representative. Like, who was it? She spoke at a conference in Florida, and Stu Peters, who is a, a, a decent pundit, I he's better than I am, but, but he said something about how Marjorie Taylor Greene is a is controlled opposition. She She's terrible. Marjorie Taylor Greene is one of the best representatives in this country. And, and I wish I had my Instagram post queued up. Let me find it really quickly. It hasn't been that long ago that I posted it. But the only reason they tried to take her off the ballot is to set a precedent to take Trump off the ballot in 2024. Uh, here, uh, the attempt to keep uh, Team MTG was her at off the ballot is nothing more than a trial run for 2024. If they can keep her off the ballot, they'll do the same thing to President Trump when he runs again in 24. So I'm so, so happy, and you should be too, that Marjorie Taylor Greene is still on the ballot. It will still be up for re-election whenever the Georgia primaries are, probably with President Trump's endorsement, so she'll walk away with that easily. The, the cowboy, or whatever his name is, the wannabe cowboy running in, in her district, who's a Democrat, is actually pretty hilarious. He, he posts, in a few days, we're going to unseat Marjorie Taylor Greene. In 186 days, I will unseat Marjorie Taylor Greene. She's in an R45 district. 
We're gonna unseat Marjorie Taylor Greene. Oh, he's doing phone banking because that always that always wins campaigns. Look at the grassroots organization that that Jane Simpkin had, right? I just gave the Marcus flowers for Congress. He tweets a lot. He 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 joined in June 2020, about six months after I did, and he's tweeted a thousand more times than I have. Most of which are just re- retweets. Thanks for helping support my campaign to unseat Marjorie Taylor Greene, the insurrectionist. It's it's hilarious. He's he's pretty hilarious. Marcus Marcus Flowers, if you're listening to this at Marcus Number Four Georgia on Twitter, if you're listening to this, probably not. But if you are, you should you should contact me. Contact me uh, at Josh at gopjosh.com or any campaign for that matter. If you if you're on the ballot, and I'm not going to accept every single campaign. I'm not going to accept a, a, a school board uncontested candidate. But if you if you have a good campaign, if you're if you're on the ballot, email me, and I'll probably have you on the show. We have some interviews scheduled for next month, okay? It's a very busy month. I'm shocked I can even fit this podcast in my schedule. It's a very busy month, but next month, I have an interview scheduled, and I hope he doesn't cancel before this. And I'm saying it at this point, because this is usually where the most listeners just start skipping, trying to make sure they skip the ad. <laughs> but we will be having gubernatorial candidate Neil Peterson. And this is, this is dangerous announcing it this early. But he'll be having Neil Peterson on the podcast to talk about his uh, campaign to unseat Governor Mike DeWine, radical Governor Mike DeWine. He's a pastor who uh, kept his church open during COVID, running as an independent in November. We'll be having him on the podcast. Hopefully, uh, what day is that? The 9th is a Thursday, correct? Um, yes, the 9th is a Thursday. And so it'll be out on the 11th, that Saturday, for a special, special podcast. So if you don't stay tuned for that, if you don't stay tuned for that, I I swear, you have to stay tuned for that. And you will have to email me your questions. I mean, everyone has questions for these guys, right? These gubernatorial candidates running for some of the largest states in the nation. You have a question. I know it for a fact. You right now listening to this podcast have a question for hopefully or maybe possibly the next governor from Ohio. So go. Josh at jopjosh.com, anchor.fm slash the conservative crusader. Click on that message button and send in your voice message. I will play it on the show. I will press a button just like I am right now with the applause. I will press it. It will play over the air and you will uh, be heard by Neil Peterson. We are way over our time limit for this segment. I'm so glad I'm not on terrestrial radio at this point. But my name is JP Josh. We'll be right back after this here on the conservative crusader. Follow me on social media. We'll be right back after this. Stay tuned. You're listening to The Conservative Crusader. This is The Conservative Crusader. Welcome back. This is The Conservative Crusader here on the Red Future Radio Network. If you're a podcast host or you want to be a podcast host, need some support, need some help, email me, Josh, no, sorry, special email, redfuture at gopjosh.com. I'm starting a conservative young patriot podcasting network. Redfuture at gopjosh.com. Redfuture at gopjosh.com. Check that out if you want to maybe start a podcast or, or just listen to the podcast here on the Red Future radio network. So, so Tesla and Elon Musk has been in the news a lot lately. And I, I want to preface this with this. Elon Musk is not a conservative. You know, Elon Musk is not 
this far-right extremist that the left claims he is, and he is not this proud America first patriot that the right claims he is, right? He is a businessman who has left-leaning political views who got tired of of censorship, which is not a problem at all. Just like you can be pro-choice and pro-states' rights, you can be um, left-wing and and pro-free speech. So this this story came out over the weekend um, on Friday. Elon Musk is paying for employees to get abortions out of state. Um, They started covering this in 2021. This policy came in states like Texas, Texas, where Tesla is now based, passed tighter abortion restrictions. It puts Elon Musk at odds with his conservative fans that the Supreme Court looks likely to overturn Roe v. Wade. But this isn't surprising. I mean, Elon Musk is not this pro-Trump, pro-America, pro-life, pro-Second Amendment, pro-patriotic American, right? That's not what he is. That's not what he claims he is. And that's not what he needs to be to be a good owner of Twitter. Your political leanings, as long as they don't infringe on free speech, are not a necessary factor to be a good owner of Twitter, right? If if Elon Musk was buying Twitter saying, I'm going to delete every single liberal, um, only conservatives will be on the platform, then I'd be having a problem, right? I'd be having a problem, and I, I, I'd have a problem if it was the other way. That's why I have a problem now. But Elon Musk is not this 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 holy praise Elon for, for buying Twitter because he's going to bring it to this conservative pro-America platform, right? That's not what it's going to be. And you shouldn't be surprised when Elon Musk says that he's going to pay for out-of-state abortions for, for his employees. He's done this before because he's not a conservative. He's not on our side. No big millionaire or billionaire in tech is on our side. They are on the side for themselves. And this is a great business technique for, for Elon Musk. He's playing both sides. And I mean, I'm not going to force him to say, no, you can't pay for abortion. I'm just saying he's not the, 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 greatest, the greatest guy we have, right? There would be better people to be the, tw- the Twitter CEO if we wanted it to be a conservative echo chamber. I'm not expecting Elon Musk to be pro-life. I never thought he would he, he would be pro-life. I mean, it's the, the fact that this is the the big thing that I hear a lot is that well, we need to make sure that Elon Musk is is CEO because he's going to be a, a, a conservative fighter. It's just not true. I mean, he he's anti far left. He's anti far right. He's not a a, a major pro America free speech. Patriot, right? I mean, he, he's free speech, but he's not hes not the guy you think he is. I'd love it if he bought Twitter. I'd be the first one to, to praise him for that. But don't praise him because you like his political leanings, because you don't. If you're listening to this show, you most likely don't. But one thing I do like is that the Supreme Court majority to overturn Roe v. Wade remains intact, according to a report. The five-vote majority needed in the Supreme Court to overturn Roe v. Wade and Planned Parenthood v. Casey remains intact months after the Supreme Court Justice Samuel Alito's leaked draft majority opinion was written, according to a report. 
the leaked draft majority opinion pinned by Alito is dated February 10th and has almost certainly changed multiple times in the almost three months since it was written. But three conservatives close to the court say that the votes supporting the decision remain unchanged, according to reporting from the Washington Post. Now, the justice sets to join Alito's opinion include Clarence Thomas, Neil Gorsuch, Brett Kavanaugh, and Amy Coney Barrett. Chief Justice John Roberts, who has at times sided with the liberal wing of the court, still appears set to oppose the decision, with the report noting that Roberts was still intending to persuade Coney Barrett and Kavanaugh to make a more incremental approach allowing to allowing some abortion restrictions, not all. The decision was expected to be firmly opposed by the court's three liberal justices. And this report is a good thing. I wish the document had never leaked. But I'm really glad that this is happening. I, I, I know using a movie as a source for anything that's not even a documentary isn't good, right? But I, I'm going to tell you about a movie I watched this weekend. I watched Unplanned, which was the movie by Joe Knopp and Mike Lindell about Roe v. Wade and about abortion in Planned Parenthood. It was the story of Abby Johnson, who was a pro-life activist, and how she got to where she is now, where, where she was a, a complacent in the abortion procedures. She was the operator of a Planned Parenthood branch. I mean, th- this was a, a major story. And some of the things in that movie I wish I hadn't seen. Because it's so dark and so graphic and, and, and most likely so accurate to what's going on inside of those Planned Parenthood walls. And if that if this decision leads to the closing down of even one Planned Parenthood, even one abortion clinic, then it's worth it. It's worth all the scrutiny. It's worth all of the fight for the amount of children this this decision will save. So I'm extremely happy that the abortion, uh, the the anti-abortion, the pro-choice or pro-life. I'm sorry. Wing of the court is still intact. I'm 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 ecstatic for that because we have to save it somehow. We have we have to save the children somehow, and if this is how we have to do it with a divided conservative wing. Then so be it. And the people on Twitter who say, "Oh well, it's going to change the 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 electoral college, man." If if America overturns Roe v. Wade, it's going to change elections, man. It's going to make the Democrats more favorable. No, it's not. Democrats are more favorable now because they can't do anything about abortion, so Republicans don't take that as such an important idea. Don't don't find it as a priority. But as soon as Roe v. Wade is overturned and Republicans have something to run on, they can actually do something about it. Republicans will be seen as a lot more favorable, a lot more of a, a good choice uh, for office, and I, I hope that happens. But Lindsey Graham actually agrees with me. He was on Fox News over the weekend saying, SCOTUS overturning Roe v. Wade will not change the midterms. Uh, the partial transcript said, Bear, all right, let's turn to the Supreme Court. Many experts have called this leak of a draft opinion a dangerous precedent. How do you see it and what potential political fallout for the Republicans? Uh, he said, for a court, it's a betrayal of trust. Um, can you imagine going to work the next day looking around your colleagues, uh, who did this to the court, what will happen if the opinion sticks. He said, at least in February, there were five votes that led to this draft opinion to repeal Roe v. Wade. I think Roe v. Wade created a constitutional right that doesn't exist in the written constitution. It created division for the first day. From the first day, it was decided until now. 
But if it does get repealed, which I hope it will, the issue goes back to the states. But Congress will stay involved. My Democratic friends are trying to pass a law Wednesday that will allow abortion right up to the day of the baby is delivered. Different states will take different approaches, so the abortion debate will not go away in this country. It will be decided by the people, not a handful of judges. As single-issue voters seldom decide the outcome of an election, enthusiasm is important. Elected officials elected by people will now have a say about abortion, first time since 1973. That process will move forward. I don't believe it's going to change the outcome of the 2020 election at all. It's not. There are so many more important political issues. I'm not going to say more important issues because there's not, but so many important political issues that are actually affecting everyday Americans' lives, right? Inflation, gas prices, the war somehow, if that if that's actually affecting anyone's lives. The policies of this administration is what's actually going to to lead lead us forward in November. Not abortion. Not whatever these made up threats the left wants to, to pin on us are. And I'm saying us as in true constitutional conservatives, not just Republicans, but that's what's going to make a difference in this election. Not Roe v. Wade, not abortion, not Planned Parenthood v. Casey. Single-issue voters, as Lindsey Graham said, and I don't like Lindsey Graham, but as Lindsey Graham said, single-issue voters hardly ever, seldom ever, decide an election. And I'm not concerned about what's going to happen to the Republican Party if Roe v. Wade is overturned, besides some accountability, and I say this all the time, the same reason I'm okay with supporting an independent for governor, because at least if we have a Democrat, the Republican majority will be held accountable in the Ohio legislature. And this decision being overturned will just hold Republicans more accountable for what they do in the state houses and what they do in the state senates and what they do in the state legislatures and what they do in the governorship. Because if if every Republican elected in a state office does not vote to either illegalize abortion, criminalize abortion, and they don't sign that into law if you're a if you're a legislature or if you're a governor I'm sorry it's time for them to go i don't care if we if we have a slim majority in the most swing of states we have a slim majority in pennsylvania pass the law sign the law i don't care if we have the slimmest majority in a, in in wisconsin pass the law sign the law and if they don't get them out of office because this accountability, this will bring accountability back to our legislatures, back to our Republican Party. Because they'll actually have to do what they've ran on. They'll actually have to do what they've said they'll, they're, they're going to do. And that very seldom ever happens in politics, very seldom ever happens in Republican politics especially. Because we're all, oh, well, they have an R next to their name. They have, a, they have the Republican R next to their name, so they're okay. If, it, if it's not perfect, it's okay. Because they're a Republican, they're better than the Democrat. No. If there is a single Republican who does not support restricting abortion in their state legislatures, in their state senates, then they need to go. And I'm not afraid to say that. They need to go. Well, tomorrow we'll be back with a brand new podcast on May 10th. For a Tuesday edition, but as for this Monday edition, we have to wrap it up. My name is UP Josh. This has been the Conservative Crusader. 
Follow me on social media. Send out a message to the show. Everything else. You know what to do. My name is JP Josh. Stay tuned. You're listening to The Conservative Crusader. 